Welcome, and thanks for joining the Closed End Fund Association for another discussion. Today, we will hear from an industry expert who shares insight on a timely issue affecting the Closed End Fund space. Hello, I'm Libby Hastert, Content Specialist at the Closed End Fund Association. Today, we're speaking with Noel O'Halloran, Chief Investment Officer with KBI Global Investors and Portfolio Manager of the New Ireland Fund. I'm especially excited for today's podcast because we're taking a closer look at Ireland, what's by many an underappreciated investment opportunity in the European market. Noel can offer an especially interesting perspective on this topic as he manages the fund from KBIGI's office in Dublin. Thank you for joining me, Noel. Let's go ahead and talk Ireland, starting with the transformation it's undergone in a relatively short period of time. During the global financial crisis, Ireland struggled. Since the economy has steadily improved, how far has Ireland come and where does it stand now? Noel? Yeah, I would say right now that Ireland is in great shape. And as a reminder, post the uh, 2008 financial crisis, Ireland itself suffered a serious recession that particularly affected domestic consumer economy, uh, the banking sector, and the real estate sector in particular. And then around 2011-2012, we had a very aggressive restructuring of the economy, and Ireland became a poster child of how to restructure the economy. Uh, And since then, we've seen a very, very strong and sustained recovery in the economy. And I would say to get to where we are today, there's been three phases. The first phase was an expert-led recovery in the economy. Uh, that then moved to uh, an investment phase where we saw in particular many multinational companies reinvesting into Ireland because the cost base uh, was suddenly much more attractive and many of the other things that always made Ireland attractive were still in place. And then finally, to get to the comment about great shape today, I'd say we've seen a very strong domestic recovery in the economy over the last two years in particular. So the consumer economy is back strong. If you look at the things that make the consumer strong, it's typically around their house and their job. The unemployment rate today is, is more than half what it was at the peak. So today we're about 6% unemployment, having been close to 14.5% at the peak you know, of the recession. And the housing market has also recovered strongly. So overall, Ireland today is in very, very good shape uh, from my perspective. So Ireland has been growing strongly, but Europe in general has been more sluggish. Are you seeing positive signs in the Eurozone? How would a pickup in the European growth impact Ireland? Yeah, it's an interesting question. So as we came into the year 2017, I think a lot of global investors, their focus was on politics in Europe and focus on the negatives in Europe. And 10 months on, the European political situation, elections in the Netherlands, elections in France in particular, and Germany all passed pretty uneventfully. And while everybody's been worried about that, and it's actually turned out to be a non-surprise, the real surprise so far in 2017 has been the strength of the recovery in the European economy. So the European economy this year will grow at over 2%, and all the indicators are that it'll grow again in 2018 at over 2%. So that would put Europe um, growing in excess of the USA, for example. Um, and that's a real positive surprise from an Irish perspective. You know, Europe is one of our largest trading partners. So, and Ireland has a very export-led economy, uh, that's just very, very positive news for Ireland. And so, overall, I think uh, Ireland itself is going well, but the strength in Europe, which looks to be sustained into next year, is also a strong benefit for Ireland. The United Kingdom is Ireland's largest trading partner. With the UK leaving the European Union, what are the short-term and long-term effects on Irish companies and the Irish economy? 
Yeah, the UK is our largest uh, trading partner, but just to put that into context, if we had the same discussion 10 or 20 years ago, I think the UK would have been a far, far bigger trading partner of Ireland. So Ireland has successfully diversified its, its overall ter- terms of trade, and the UK today is it's around 15% of our exports, just to put it into context, which is not similar to, to Europe and some other areas. That said, the short-term Brexit, uh, as it's commonly called, is a short-term headwind for Ireland. Um, apart from being our largest trading partner, uh, one of our domestic issues is the border and what do we, what happens with border enforcement with Northern Ireland, where obviously there's a land border between Ireland, South and Northern Ireland, so that's a, an uncertainty that's there in the short term. And then in the, in the, the other short-term issue is the nature of the negotiations of the divorce as such between the UK and Europe. Um, were that to be a, a benign and what's called a soft exit, I think that's not a major issue for Ireland. If it's a harder, bumpier uh, divorce, then that is short-term, more difficult for Ireland to cope with. So that's the short-term. It's an uncertainty. Uh, nobody really knows, uh, but the, the going consensus is that we'll, we'll end up with some sort of a, a negotiation period and that every, all efforts will be made to make that as smooth a, a, a trans- transition as possible. In the longer term, I think I find myself in the bullish camp, because particularly for Ireland, Ireland retains a number of advantages. It will still be a member of the EU. More importantly, it will be the only English-speaking member of the EU, which is actually very interesting from a multinational company perspective. Many people like that, obviously, if you're coming from the US or, or elsewhere. And from a portfolio point of view or from a, an economy point of view, there will be sectors that do extremely well. Uh, so the financial sector is, is obviously one. If we see lots of jobs moving to London, Ireland will be one of the top three centres globally that will really be competing for those sort of investment banking and fund management jobs and financial jobs generally. And other areas that would really benefit is real estate, both, both commercial real estate and obviously uh, housing, where there to be more uh, highly paid skilled jobs moving to, to Ireland. So uh, it's sort of short term, I don't know. Nobody really knows. But longer term, definitely a benefit to Ireland. Portfolio point of view, just, just one comment from a portfolio point of view is that I have been moving any sort of UK exposure quite away from the portfolio for the last two years and more towards European exposure. So I don't feel particularly exposed from the, from the portfolio. While many Americans' ancestors called Ireland home, few of today's U.S. investor portfolios have made Ireland a home for their global investing strategy. In spite of this, financial advisors continue to encourage U.S. investors to diversify with non-U.S. equities, particularly Europe. Ireland is a very small percentage of the broader European equity products. So how would you see Irish equities best position in a U.S. investor's portfolio? Noel? Yeah, it's been a very interesting year in 2017. I'd say at this point in time, I'd say there's a push and a pull going on for Europe versus the U.S. generally. I think the push is really that when advisors look at the U.S., they find a market that's pretty much priced for perfection. The economy itself is much later in its economic cycle. The U.S. stock market is at record highs, and earnings and return on equity and margins are also at record highs. And domestically, there is more uncertainty in politics than there has been for quite some time. So that's the sort of push case for the from the U.S. In terms of Europe, I think the pull generally has been a much stronger economic recovery, as we've already discussed, a political situation that is relatively stable, and notwithstanding recent noise in areas like Catalonia and Spain, which we, we do believe will calm down and is already calming down. But Europe itself is much earlier in its economic recovery, 
and earnings in Europe as distinct from the US are far, far from their highs. And Ireland is no different. I mean, Ireland is bang in line with the rest of Europe from that perspective. So I think year to date, what I would say we've seen is wave one would have been sort of general ETFs and index flows into Europe. Uh, wave two was moving that from an industrial point of view or an advisor point of view to look for kind of broad active managers who will manage portfolios in Europe. And then what was the third wave will be targeted allocations, looking for greater upside, looking for special unique situations, and that's where Ireland itself are really coming to the fore. So, uh, you know, Ireland has stronger growth, stronger uh, earnings growth, stronger economic growth than the rest of Europe. If I look broadly at the valuations of Ireland today, we're at a 10% discount to the rest of Europe and growing more quickly. We're at a 20% discount to the S&P 500. So I think that next phase is very much where this portfolio and Ireland will be seen by advisors and a great way to, to look for the next investment. The New Ireland Fund is one of the few investment products enabling U.S. investors to gain exposure to a portfolio of Irish equities. So as an investment manager, do you see advantages to managing the portfolio in a closed-in fund structure? Well, yes, absolutely. Um, the New Ireland Fund itself is a very unique and differentiated fund and as a portfolio manager who's been managing it for a number of years, I see certain very obvious advantages. The first advantage I would point to is that as a closed-end fund, I don't have to worry about daily cash inflows or outflows, as, for example, a mutual fund manager goes. So this allows me to manage portfolio stocks with certainty and with confidence that I can invest in my preferred securities and not have any sudden cash calls that, you know, in itself would require me to trim or liquidate a stock position that I'd rather not to at a, at a point in time. Another further advantage that's highlighting maybe one that people don't consider enough is the that's an advantage of closed-end funds is that the fund board itself brings a structure that should provide investors with strong confidence. But the fund itself has very strong oversight. Uh, it has strong governance uh, and as well as transparency. And for the latter, I'd highlight, even in the case of the New Ireland Fund, uh, the fund managed distribution policy over recent years, uh, which has been uh, you know, strongly advertised to shareholders over that period. What's your outlook for the Irish economy and equity market? Yeah, overall, I remain, uh, as I have been for a couple of years now, you know, very, very positive for the outlook for the Irish economy. I think we're... Uh, we're, we're nowhere close to the end of the economic cycle. Still at a European level, the European Central Bank, which is the Irish, which governs interest rates for Ireland, for example, there's no sign of interest rates going back up. So the, uh, the interest rate environment is very, very supportive. The macro fundamentals for Ireland remain very strong. At a government level, uh, we're almost running a, a balanced budget at this point in time. Our national debt has been paid down aggressively over recent years. We still do have domestic debt at the consumer level, but that also is coming down and also being helped by low interest rates. Um, so overall, you know, that's at a 4 to 6% economic growth range that we've seen over recent years, I expect, to continue. And that will lead to strong earnings growth from, from, from the stock market. And I'm able to capture that earnings growth and valuations that, to me, still look very attractive. So overall, uh, still a very nice positive cocktail for managing the portfolio and a positive outlook. The New Ireland Fund is currently conducting a rights offering. What are the terms? How do you expect to invest the capital? Yeah, well, firstly, I'll be investing the proceeds consistent with the investment objectives of the fund. Um, in terms of the rights offering itself, uh, the full details are on the fund's website, including the relevant dates 
but in summary, it is a transferable rights offering. Holders are entitled to one right for each common share held on the record date. Um, as it is a transferable rights offering, the rights they trade and will do so under the ticker IRL space RT. Of more direct concern to myself in terms of deploying the proceeds. Firstly, I would say as PM, I welcome the offering uh, and I see a number of avenues for investment of the proceeds. The first of those I would like to do is to diversify into Irish stocks that I haven't invested in for a number of years. Uh, there are names that I wouldn't have touched into the downturn, uh, but as increasingly the economy and the stock market itself are growing, these stocks are increasingly attractive to, to look at again. So those stocks are names that I think I'd like to see them back into the portfolio. A second area where I've been selectively adding to over recent years has been to add to some pan-European listed stocks and sectors. And in those cases, and they're mainly non-UK stocks, uh, I would point to stocks or sectors that will complement or provide diversification to the portfolio. And in particular, in areas that aren't widely available in Ireland, uh, a current example in the portfolio is an investment in some European utility stocks. And that's something that I'd love to continue to to expand, but, but selectively. Uh, another strong feature over recent years has been the re-emergence of IPOs in the Irish stock market. Uh, again, in common with the economy and the stock market recovering strongly, uh, I already have over recent years invested in five or so IPOs, and I expect further opportunities of new IPOs will present themselves, and therefore I'd like to have proceeds available to take part in such IPOs. And finally, and, and very selectively, I'd like to add to some existing positions in the portfolio, but only where valuation opportunities may present themselves. So overall, uh, as you can see, uh, there are a number of avenues uh, for investment for the proceeds of the right side. Any closing thoughts on the Irish equity market or the fund? Well, I suppose my, my closing thoughts, as I, as I think of Ireland, I think of Ireland as, at a macro level as being a very well-managed economy at this point in the cycle. I think the economy itself is in a very strong recovery phase and that we are far from you know, any sort of uh, peak in, in the economy or any concerns about the next recession. So I think that's a number of years away. So a very, very stable macro environment. I think in terms of our neighbours, as we've already discussed, the UK short-term is definitely a headwind and something that I think from the portfolio point of view I have well managed. I think on the opposite to that, uh, other trading partners such as the US and in particular Europe are in very, very strong stead. So that leads me to, I suppose, the equity market itself. The equity market itself is in good shape. We're seeing strong recovery in earnings. We're seeing very strong shareholder focus on the, the companies we're investing in. Uh, and we're able to achieve those sort of earnings growth and valuations that, that I like. Um, so a nice cocktail from a macro and a micro perspective from that point of view. And for investors, uh, the last thing I would highlight, I suppose, is that KBI Global Investors, who I work with, who advise the fund, you know, we are managing this portfolio for a number of years. Uh, we are very, very stable in terms of our own firm, in terms of the staff, myself and the other staff involved in managing the portfolio. There's been no changes. It's been a very stable background from that perspective. So that should also give investors strong confidence in the portfolio and the management of it. Thanks for that update, Noel. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be regarded as an offer to sell or as a solicitation of an offer to buy any financial product or as an official confirmation of any transaction.
Investors should carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. The prospectus, which contains more complete information about this and other matters, should be read carefully before investing. To obtain a prospectus, please call 1-800-468-6475 or visit www.newirelandfund.com. To all those listening in, thank you and stay tuned until next time's market update. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will stop by again for news on this ever-changing space. Until next time, connect with us on Twitter at at CEF Association or by searching for the Closed End Fund Association on LinkedIn and YouTube.